Good evening, and welcome to the World Cup 2022 podcast. I am your host, Owen, alongside... Josh. Josh, he's here, as usual. I'm here. I made it. Man. Not always, but, but it's tonight. great news. But, I mean, most of the time, though, you are you might be batting 800, which, if you were you know, a baseball player, that's, that's something. Let's just say it's that your... Your showing up percentage is better than Harry Kane's penalty percentage at the World Cup. You read my mind. Whew. That hurts, doesn't it? All right. Mm-hmm. Well, as usual, tonight's show is brought to you by Homekeeper, simplifying home maintenance for busy homeowners. And we are excited to talk through these quarterfinal matches because, let me tell you, there was something. There was something going on. There was something in the water, and there was some hope. There was some hope here and there. Josh and I were wrong on uh, is it all of them <laughs> well we were split on argentina and netherlands so that's we true. couldn't be wrong on all of them <laughs> that's right we did get france right we got uh, france and i got argentina you got argentina yeah wild so let's start with that croatia brazil game so great game man what a game what a game it was just so fun to watch you know luka modric just Ah, he's a machine. And you don't see him having the same just transcendent impact on the game that he did four years ago. Mm -hmm. But you just see him pop up with little moments of absolute brilliance four or five times a game. And it probably happened seven or eight times in this game. And he just, he's never out of position. He's very disciplined. And, And this... You know, it looked like a game that the Brazilians dominated, and they did for large stretches here. But if you go through the stat line, Josh, you've got nine shots from Croatia, 21 from Brazil. Okay, so, wow. One on target for Croatia. (laughs) It went in. Spoiler alert. 11 on target for Brazil. Wow. But then you go down the rest of these. Croatia had more possession by 1%, 51 to 49. They completed 10 more passes, 694 to 684. Pass accuracy was almost on the nose, 88% Croatia, 89% Brazil. So in a lot of respects, even though Brazil dominated offensively for for stretches of this game, I mean, Croatia was in this game the entire game. And -hmm. it was so fun to watch these two teams play. Yes, absolutely. And uh, any... Any level that uh, Modric has has dropped, their keeper has stepped up, and um, just having the tournament of his life. Um, you're gonna have to tell me his name because I I always forget. Uh, Lavakovic or something like that. Lavakovic sounds right. There's an L. Yep. Uh, Liv- yeah, like, Lavakovic. Like their yeah. entire team. Yeah, <laughs> like their entire team. They all end itch. with itch. Yep, except for Sosa and and the best defender in the world. And Guardiola. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was great game. And Neymar's goal, I mean, Neymar's phenomenal. So unreal. strong. Unreal. Yeah, he showed up in a big way. And I think, you know, there, there are a couple of critiques that I have for this Brazil team. First of all, I, I just, I don't know why Rafinha is the starter on that right side. He, he has been this entire tournament. I just think that both Rodrigo and Anthony are more dynamic and offered more once they came on. I just mm-hmm. think they did. I think Martinelli would have been a better selection. He didn't play at all this game. He had started a few. So I'm a little bit fed up with the Rafinha thing. I think he's a he's a very talented player. There's no doubt. But 
I just believe they have more talented players on the bench there. And so, you know, some of those some of those runs that Rafinha made, if you had had Rodrigo and and Vinny Jr. on the two flanks there, beside Neymar and behind Richarlison, I just feel like they could have even created more and had opportunities to, to kind of fall in and finish up. So you saw once Anthony came on that he was he was more dynamic than Rafinha was. He had mm-hmm. more going forward. He yep. did more. It's crazy. Yeah. So what else? What else do you see in Brazil? <laughs> well, I mean, so this game zero zero through ninety minutes. Okay, so just these teams were very well matched. Goes to overtime. You can't help but believe once the game goes to overtime that Croatia is going to win on penalties. We're just. It almost feels like yeah. we're conditioned to believe that. Of course, they did it in the round of sixteen, but they did it three times in the last World Cup. And I think yeah. they did it once or twice in the Euros. So it's just, this is how Croatia wins. And it's the second we went to overtime, I thought to myself, oh gosh, this is uh, this is going to be heartbreak for Brazil. But then Neymar scores. He scores at, in stoppage time, so the very end of the first half of extra time. Goal was absolutely incredible. And you mm-hmm. think to yourself, oh wow, okay, well, maybe this is the end of the line for Croatia. But then you Mm -hmm. punch yourself in the face for thinking that because there is no end of the line for Croatia. If we've learned anything, it's that there is no end of the line for Croatia. And there there were a couple, again, a couple of just errors here from Brazil. So they get that lead and they looked like they kind of sat back and stopped playing. I mean, they just sort of said, all right, we're good now. And they allowed Croatia to break a couple of times. Now, I know that Brazil, they brought on a guy named Pedro who hadn't had any minutes before this game. They, they took off for Charleston, brought him on. thought that was a mistake. Uh, he was absolutely anonymous for the rest of the game. Uh, it just was a terrible substitution. I get it. They don't have Jesus, but I still would rather put one of the other nine forwards that you have through the middle. You know, keep, mm-hmm. keep Neymar through the middle. Or you know, put him as the as the lone striker. I, yeah, it's incredible disappointment for Brazil. They should have they should have won this game, the scoreline that we predicted, which was like a three one, and they just couldn't finish it. And when you don't finish Croatia, I think when you don't finish teams in this tournament period, we've learned that you you get finished off by them. But when you don't finish Croatia off, you will die. You you are going even if they only have one leg and no arms they're going to find a way to murder you so you just you have to finish them off when you have the opportunities and and man what a fun fun team to watch what a fun team oh to yeah watch. Big what time. else did you hate about brazil besides them not playing bruno gimarash um or fabinho yeah for real um or Firmino. he should be at this tournament he would have been a great sub he should be at this tournament absolutely um yeah, that's frustrating. I mean, you go to penalties. The first one, the first one that was saved was a good save, but at the same time, it's like the perfect height for the goalie. So it wasn't easy, but once she guessed right, um, it kind of was easy. And then the last one uh, off the post. So you know, you got to put it. You got to put it on tar um, when you get to the penalty shootout. It's like a mental error whether it's happening at the beginning for some teams of the five shots or or toward the end um that's frustrating that you know getting to a tournament like this you're not not putting things on frame on penalty kicks um 
Harry Kane. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> other, I mean, I will say, I will say this. Um, I had I had Brazil as my pick to win the tournament, but I will not miss their stupid bleached haircuts and not seeing those. Um, Man, it's so they're, quintessentially they're Brazilian. It's so quintessentially Brazilian, though. I, I, I played yeah. – there was a Brazilian guy on my team in high school, and it was the same thing. Every time we got to playoff time, he decided to go bleach his hair, and it was like, Roberto, come on, man. What are you, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> yeah, it um, looks real dumb. I'm disguising his name for the sake of anonymity here, but <clears throat> uh, his name is Felipe. But so the other part that I really can't stand about this this Brazil team, and this this is the last thing I'll say negative about them, and then we'll move on to something else like positivity about Croatia and how awesome they are, is that they absolutely botched this penalty order. You have all of these players on the field at the end of the game. All right, so you've got several forwards, including people like, I, I mean, who, who, who do we have on the field at the end of the game? We've got, obviously, Neymar, who doesn't take a penalty. What in the world? Yeah, you've even got... There's, I mean, there, there's debate around, do you save your best player for fifth? And... Um, there's way too many instances where the teams don't get to a fifth shot because it's already over by then. Um, yeah. I don't think it ever makes sense to save your very best player, very best scorer. I don't think we've had any of these go to the a fifth. fifth shot. I don't. We haven't had a penalty shootout go to the fifth shot. We've had six this tournament. None of them have gone to a fifth shot. <clears throat> the I guess the Argentina one, they, let's see, their timeline, and we'll talk about this game in just a second, but... The Argentina Netherlands did go to they, a fish They shot. did go to a fish um, shot. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, you just... It's just hard to... It's just hard to understand why you don't have Neymar. I mean, Argentina marched Messi out there first because you want somebody to mm-hmm. set the tone. And Neymar mm-hmm. doesn't even get to take a kick here. You The first person that you have go out there is a young young kid in rodrigo who god bless him but man that's just a ton of pressure so he misses that you know that the croatians are absolute snipers so you have casemiro go next great experienced guy he's knocking out the pressure get to him pedro who is your only striker on the field at the time because you've made bad substitutions and then you have for your fourth one the make or break to end the game a central defender and not Neymar? Come on, guys. Mm-mm. It just did not make sense to me, and I, I just hated that. But you know what? Credit to Croatia. They're going through, and I'm going to talk later about just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that what my dream is, but I'm going to say it in reverse so that it actually happens, because last time I said what my dream was going to be, that it didn't happen, and so now I'm going to say it in reverse, because I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. And so uh-huh. I just I want to make sure that it comes through. So... Croatia win this game on penalties, 1-1 in extra time. Both goals scored, and then 4-2 on penalties in favor of Croatia. And, man, just if you've got this one on your DVR, go watch it or at least start in extra time. (laughs) It was such a good game. Such a freaking good Mm -hmm. game. So, man, loved it. Second game yesterday was Netherlands-Argentina. I had the Netherlands winning this game. You had Argentina winning this game. Um. One of the comments that I cannot agree with more is that the Dutch came out 
and I again, they looked like the better team for large stretches, but they looked way too casual. They just did not look like they were in this in this game to win or that they really cared about it. And, you know, they ended up finishing regular time at 2-2 because of a 90-plus-11 goal. Mm-hmm. So stoppage time, plus 11, mm-hmm. uh, to, to tie this game up. So they score in the 83rd minute, then 90-plus-11 to tie it up after Argentina had taken the lead in the 35th and then and Messi had scored a penalty in the 73rd. So Argentina's up 2-0. They should have buried this game. So they just sort of took their foot off the gas. But I just thought the Dutch came out of the gate looking too casual. They just came out looking like, hey, we, you know, we got this. We're fine. It's not a big deal. And I, I hated it. Yeah. Yeah. If I recall, the their first goal was by a substitute. and Both goals yeah, were the same guy. Really, yeah. They, they, weren't creating, uh, they weren't creating any great chances. Uh, until they brought him in and he was much more dynamic but yeah i'm i don't know what to pin that to um but i i definitely agree like up until that goal in the 83rd minute um there wasn't too much going on it didn't seem like and uh yeah so the hard part for me too is you've got so the guy that they bring on is a guy named uh voot veghorst and, you know, he's not a bad player, but this is a guy, when you say more dynamic, it just felt more desperate. Why were you not desperate at the half? And Voot Vekhorst is a guy that Burnley bought to replace the Kiwi legend, Chris Wood, because Newcastle bought him in the January transfer window last year. And Burnley gets mm-hmm. relegated. So this guy's a championship striker. And to say they look yeah. more dynamic is pretty damning because the person that, that he replaced was Memphis Depay. So, yeah, I mean, they just they didn't they just didn't feel like they wanted it until they had to get it, and that to me was just disappointing. I I do think Weghorst. The one thing that I, I will say about him is he's like six five. So you know, Memphis Depay right. is five nine in heels. So all those balls were just slinging in from the sides uh, and and you actually had a, a target that could head the ball pretty effectively. So, you know, that's that was a positive for them go uh, at that point. But, you know, maybe he should have come in earlier or maybe he should have been on with Memphis Depay. I just, I don't know. I don't know what the end game was there. But ultimately, Argentina pull out the win on penalties here. And Messi and Argentina are through to the semifinals. They will be playing Croatia. So... I don't know what else you have to say about this game, but it, it, yeah, I'll uh, I'll call attention to I mean Messi phenomenal assist on oh, that oh, first goal. It was unbelievable. It was a beautiful pass. Unbelievable. So good. Yeah, and um, and then just solid penalties, um, both in regular time and then the shootout. Um, so Messi rose to the occasion, um, and um. I mean, I, I was texting you during the game that some of the other Argentine players were pissing me off. Um, like the like the guy who made a bad tackle got a yellow card and like just kicked the ball as hard as he could at the Dutch bench. Um, I, thought, I thought that was like probably a red card if it's not in this tournament. I feel like this entire tournament has been 
let's not show any red cards to any any players. Um, there's been like two, I think. Um, there was a red card in this uh, game. In this game or in the Morocco game? There was a red card in this game, 128th minute. Dumfries um, just absolutely clocked. I totally somebody. forgot that. Yeah, but but okay. And that was I think that's the only straight red that we've seen because the Morocco game was even a, a, a double yellow. So yep. this was a and then there's a straight like, red. Yeah, there was like one other red card in the tournament, but I think it was a double yellow, and the guy like scored a goal against Brazil or something and took his jersey off to yeah. celebrate and got yeah. a second yellow. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was we it was long after it mattered. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it was so yellow. anyway, yeah. Um, so there's that, and then like Martinez, the Argentine keeper, like caught a ball and then just like stood over one of the Dutch players that had fallen during a thing and yeah, um, was like staring him down. It was like a completely meaningless. Why are you doing this? Um, it was so the chippiest he was kind game. of being a. It was the chippiest yeah. game that we've seen. They were they were definitely you know both teams wanted to win of course but you know you saw a little bit more sportsmanship between France and England today even even though that got chippy at points and this game there were some instances especially late in the game I don't know if you saw the point where I don't know how he managed to do this but it looked like Virgil Van Dyke clotheslined somebody with his chest so <laughs> yeah it's like some one of the substitutes ran off the bench to try to go fight and you know Virgil Van Dyke's just a tree of a man so he just kind of stood in his way and, and the guy got upended but um it was pretty comical. Think, this one's actually being looked at now. I read an article today by FIFA for further disciplinary action. So it looks like a few other players from both teams could be facing FIFA suspensions as a result of this. I don't know what impact that has on the semifinals or finals. It could have an impact, which would mm-hmm. be pretty wild. Yeah, and uh, going to that, at the start of the tournament i said that the yellow cards reset after the quarterfinals which is what i read but i believe a commentator said during the game at some point that a player was getting a yellow card and it was going to mean they missed a semifinal game so i don't know if the commentator was wrong or if i was wrong in what i read at the beginning and communicated um i'm unclear still at this point actually if someone's well, going to a... miss a game for the number of yellows they've received that's in the quarterfinals going into the semis well, i know that's how the champions league works right i mean you you get them reset and i thought that was the same way the world cup was but um yeah we'll we'll look into that but this game definitely was it got a little bit ugly and it, it just it was definitely a chippy one some of it was a little bit unfun to watch there's this image now that's kind of being plastered everywhere when uh, Virgil missed his penalty <clears throat> that the Argentines all ran past the Dutch players going, you know, ah, and taunting them. And, and as, as they're all sort of realizing that their World Cup is over and, and hands, hands on faces and things. So, you know, whatever. They're competitors. And can I say that I wouldn't have done the same thing in that instance? Nah, I probably would have. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it it's the reason they did it. Tells is us because, everything we need to know. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. It, 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 the reason it, they did that though is because it got so chippy. It, I think the referee mm-hmm. let it get away from him just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I do think it's interesting. <clears throat> I was listening to some of the commentary, and they were just talking about kind of the the desires of these referees. 
and how some of the like the English crew of referees that refed uh, Portugal Morocco, I believe, uh, was that Michael Oliver? No, I don't remember. No, I, I think he did Croatia Brazil. He did Croatia Brazil, and so he's like the main English ref contingent from the Premier League left, and evidently he had said that he kind of was hoping that England would bow out because if your team is in the final, you don't get to ref the final. And it's like as much of as, mm-hmm. as, as a player's dream to play in the world cup final, it's a ref's dream to ref the world cup final. So uh, I thought that was the cleanest, most well handled game. So I imagine you'll see Michael Oliver as the, as the ref in the finals. Uh, but yeah, it, this game was, was just kind of gross and it ended up getting a little bit out of hand. Uh, yeah, as as most of them do at this stage, because there's just so much on the line. I will say before we move on, I love that set piece by the Dutch at the end, like in that late late stoppage. Um, the cheeky little pass inside, quick turn, yep. goal. Yeah, um, love that. I think um, I think a few teams have tried similar things and it has not gone well. But that one was no. pretty perfectly executed. Yeah, those are hard to pull off in a short period of time because they're all timing based, and you've got to get everybody's runs right, and you got to make sure you have the right personnel. So that, that was that was pretty cool to watch. But yeah, both mm-hmm. games on Friday ended in penalties, which was pretty wild. Yeah, it's pretty wild. There's a lot of a lot of soccer to watch in one day. Oh my gosh, yeah. What four and a half hours? They said, uh, what was it in the? I guess it was the Netherlands game. They said that. Um, no, it was the Brazil game. I think it was the second one. Uh, they said that it was it crossed into this morning, local time. Mm-hmm. So it started started on the ninth, ended on the tenth. So I don't know if that's ever happened in a World Cup where <laughs> you have a game that ends the next. Well, time. yeah, they're starting games at like ten p.m. local time. Um, pretty wild. Yeah. So, um, today, man. Yeah. Today was so good. Yeah. Today was so good. What I predict- I've never been happier to be wrong. What I predict, like Portugal 5-0 or something like that? We'll- yeah, you, you, you gave something crazy. I said if, if Ronaldo <laughs> started that they would lose, otherwise it was going to be like 2-1 or something. You know, the problem here is that the Portuguese could have won, but they brought Ronaldo on. The second they brought mm-hmm. Ronaldo on, I, I was sitting with uh, I was sitting in the den with my kids, and I said, they're going to lose now. And my son goes, why? And I was like, because they brought that guy on. He's no good. So <clears throat> this game, I'm, I'm, I just Morocco is. They are resilient, I guess. I mean, you look at these stat lines; they had 26 percent of the possession, you know, versus mm-hmm. 74 because it has to equal 100. But they only had 247 completed passes versus 663 for the Portuguese. I mean, the Portuguese dominated most of this game, but mm-hmm. they just didn't have a finish on any of those crosses. And it was, you know, the goal that went in for the Moroccans was poor keeping, which, you know, is a little bit harsh because, you know, I think Diogo Costa is a really, he's a great keeper. He's young, 23. uh, And so he plays for Porto, plays in Portugal. And he's a keeper I'd love to see in the Premier League soon, but he made an Mm -hmm. error and he just kind of got boxed out by his own player and ended up, not being able to to get his hands on the ball. So he was poor keeping to let the goal in. But man, Morocco, again, they just will not go down. They won't. 
and it was awesome. It was so fun to watch. There was so much heart on that yep. field. So, man, something else. And history made. History made. Yeah, we can't we can't brush over that at all. We can't gloss over this. This is the first African team ever to go to a semifinal. Yep. I said that to my son, I believe. Point, and he goes, so has an African team ever won the World Cup, Dad? I said, <laughs> well, buddy, the way this works, see these lines? <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, um, yeah we've had, Great. I want to say, Senegal back in like, I don't know, 2002, Ghana 2010, and one other country make it to the quarters. Um, I'm blanking on the last one. Um, oh, I bet it was... Cameroon at some point? Yeah, um, sure. Don't quote, don't quote me on that. Um, Cote d'Ivoire, did they yeah. ever do it? They had some really I good squads. I think so. They had some really good teams. I don't think they ever made it to the quarters. Um, definitely Ghana, for sure. Anyway, Morocco, semifinals. Nigeria um, has super made exciting. the quarters before. Nigeria has. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, they've been ranked They've been ranked very high in the past um, in, in some years. And I think I think I kind of like just glossed over the Moroccan team sheet when I first kind of looked at them, and um, yeah, some of their better players have just kind of um, proved me wrong, I guess, in my own head. Uh, some of their some of their stronger players, and yeah, definitely a resilient team. So uh, great for them. Looking forward to seeing the next round. Any final thoughts on? Portugal, Morocco from you, big guy. Well, we'll talk more about how I like uh, Morocco lining up against France. But yeah, I think that, you know, you don't see a lot of Hakim Ziyech for Chelsea, uh, especially not in recent years. He just has kind of been an afterthought and has come on as a substitute. Hasn't scored a ton of goals for them. I think that's largely down to Chelsea's system. You know, he's, he's a talented mm. player. And, you know, so we've seen him do okay but not necessarily light the world on fire you also have to remember playing in that chelsea team I mean, it, there's that's a team that christian pulisic doesn't start in either so you know you see late substitutes coming on it's usually ziesh and pulisic and so i think that the level of talent that they have now why mason mount is playing in this world cup or in front of them for chelsea is beyond me but uh, they do have a lot of talent in that squad and so you can sort of see why but I mean, Ziyech, when he plays for his country, is just something else. He always has been. And, you know, he had a he had a brief spat with the previous coach. Uh, there's some speculation on why that was. But this is a guy that has never taken a dollar of national team salary. Every time he's on country duty, he donates 100% of it to uh, to soccer development charities in Morocco. And so he's, he's just a, he's a decent guy. And he's just always plays better for his country. There are some players that are like that. And uh, his his mm-hmm. last time out, he won a won himself a move to Chelsea and hasn't really kicked on there. But he put him in a Morocco jersey, and he's just a different player. So it was it was fun to watch him in this game because he was really really dynamic, and he sort of was able to glide through a lot of the very talented Portuguese midfield. So uh, yeah, enjoyed this game. I just it cannot be overstated how talented this Portuguese team is. They're so mm-hmm. good. They're so good. I don't know why Pepe is on the field. I'm not a fan of him, but I mean you've got people all over this team that are starters from Manchester City. What do we have? 
two Manchester City starters. Ruben Neves, who's honestly my favorite defensive midfielder in the Premier League right now. Zhao Felix, who was the, the most expensive teenager ever. I mean, Dallow, who's a right back for Manchester United. Uh, or three Manchester City starters, sorry. Um, and then Bruno Fernandes, who's just exceptional too. So I just, mm-hmm. this this team is very, very talented. And then you look across the field, and sure, you have Hakim Ziyech, who plays for Chelsea, and he gets some game time here and there. But Buffal, I mean, like that guy couldn't cut it at Southampton, so he, he left. <laughs> yeah. And so you just, man, there's just heart. There's heart in this team, and there's enough talent. And I think that's the thing that is different and showed through in this game versus maybe uh, a South Korea or even Japan in this tournament where you have all the heart and the passion. They've played really, really hard and really well and executed well, but you only have one Hyungmin Son, right? In this yep. in this Moroccan team, you have multiple players that, that really have raised their levels. So, man, it was fun to watch. Loved this game. <clears throat> the only game that was better than it today was the England-France game. <laughs> which yep. consequently was the only other game played today. And holy crap, did it not disappoint. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah, what a great what a great group of quarterfinal games. It delivered on every level. You know, I think we said in our last podcast that this was, if you had to pick one, this was the game. This was the one. And we were right about something, Josh. We got something right. We got something Listen. right. I woke up this morning and made French toast, mm. and it was delicious, and France won. So, they're welcome. They're welcome. I had a breakfast sandwich on a croissant. So On a what? On a croissant. Oh. A croissant. Oui. Um, but, man... All right, this is the game that I really want to spend some time on because I have some thoughts on it, and I hope that... (sighs) So we talked last time about how, you know, in World Cups, it came down a lot to just exceptional coaching and then the really special players showing out. And we talked about how Mm -hmm. Mbappe has been that player, right? So in this tournament, he was leading for Golden Boot and just... I mean, he's been amazing. This game, he was largely absent. He was anonymous for mm-hmm. most of this game. The flip side of this, England's big star, Harry Kane. You thought I was going to say Jordan Henderson. You were wrong. Uh, mm. Harry Kane was amazing in this game. I don't care that he missed that penalty. He was the only reason that England was really getting forward regularly. I mean, I I saw him drop back into the left-back slot, the right-back slot, the central defensive midfield slot, and carry the ball all over the place. He should have Mm -hmm. won a penalty of his own. I mean, he was boxing people out. He was making close passes. He was was exceptional today. Yeah, we we talked about... uh... We talked about him like doing too much almost the other the other podcast and um honestly he like did more and did better like this this game and just like I mean unfortunately not enough. But yeah, you're right. And I kind of 
my thinking was, yeah, if he's having to do all that extra work everywhere else in the field, they're going to have to like win a penalty um, to stay in this game, and that's what it that's what it ultimately came down to is their shot to stay in it was um, was PK driven. Um, I mean, I'm I'm pretty furious about that uh, no call that was right on the line for him that VAR looked at and said was outside the box. Therefore they're not going to change it. Um, yeah. At least that's the tough. story I heard. Yeah. But um, from a reliable source. Yeah. I'll he, yeah. He did great. Scored his first PK. Second one was like a hoof, but um, otherwise, otherwise great for him. Yeah, I just I, – I, I can't criticize him at all. I think if you give him a, a rating for this game, it's an 11 out of 10. He was the best player on the field by a country mile, and um, that's including players who probably got 9 out of 10s in both Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham. They were both amazing today as well. I just think Harry Kane mm-hmm. was let down by the forwards around him. Now, I will say Saka had a pretty good game. I don't know how much of it was mm-hmm. Saka having a good game versus Hernandez being a – freaking moron but yeah let's um, talk about the french defense before we're done good grief we will it was bad but this england team was was good i think that i disagree with pretty much every substitution they made uh the only starter i didn't really like was jordan henderson I thought that he was the only midfielder that kind of went anonymous at times. And you saw him trying to make runs in and around people and, and sort of be like an extra winger. But then nobody passed him the ball in those positions. So I I just, like, the defenders weren't good enough to follow him and pull the extra defender. And the runs weren't good enough for him to actually get the ball. So I just, I think they would have been better served having Calvin Phillips in there. And... Mm-hmm allowing sort of Phillips and Declan to sort of run the back and Jude Bellingham just get a free license to, to roam or put James Madison in there. If you need more attacking threat, get Henderson out and put Madison in and and play him from the start because he's naturally more of an attacking-minded uh, central midfielder and he's got an incredible goal tally to his name already in the Premier League this year. He hasn't gotten a minute at this tournament, which is ridiculous to me. So I don't love that. I know that Southgate's going to be loyal to the people that have been good for him. But man. Yeah. One last they critique have, here um... too. This really bothered me. When you take John Stones off, you put on Jack Grealish. You basically throw formations out the window. Uh, Jack mm-hmm. Grealish, uh, screw that guy. But more, <laughs> more importantly, I just, why are they not knowing that they're going into these last few minutes and it's going to come to set pieces and corners and everything else because you're going to be attacking a ton. Why would you not put your best free kick deliverer on the field? Who? Oh, they had wait. multiple. Also happens to be a defender. Yeah, they had multiple options ahead um, ahead of who they had out there. Um, they could have stuck Trent out there too, but I mean, I I agree with you. Sure. Best choice. Best choice would have been uh, whatever team he plays for. I don't. Know. What is it again? The Magpies. <laughs> but yeah, also Mason Mount came on. That guy's bad. And you you didn't put on a second striker. You've got Callum Wilson sitting on the bench. I, I, I could not get on board with the England substitutes. The second they brought on Mason Mount and Raheem Sterling, I thought to myself, oh, well, that's, that's going to be that. And then Marcus Rashford came on. I thought, oh, well, okay, all right, okay. 
he's got some goals in him. And they brought on Grealish, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh god, just just bring on Almiron, please. I mean, what what are they even doing at this point? So, anyway, I did not like the substitutions. I thought that they could have had a more dynamic midfield from the beginning, but they still dominated this game for most of it. Uh, they had better pack at, pass accuracy, more passes. They had the lion's share of the possession, pun intended. More shots, more shots on target, more corners. I mean, it just everything. They had more of all of it, except the clinicality. Uh, and again, yeah. I will not ever. And I'm not even a big Harry Kane fan. Just, just as a Tottenham. Pro- the only reason I I would want Harry Kane in a Newcastle jersey is if he starts to sniff Shearer's record. Uh, it, then he better do it in a Newcastle jersey. Otherwise, not a huge fan. And he, he was the best player on this field, and he is the only person on that field, I think, that doesn't deserve any blame. Him and maybe Jude Bellingham and Declan Rice. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Harry Maguire was doing, running around, trying to draw fouls like he's Del Piero in the mid-'90s. I don't know what that moron was doing, but Harry Maguire <laughs> needs to never wear an England shirt again. Um. Sad story for him. A, um, a video popped up on YouTube for me that was like every Harry Maguire long shot attempt. And like a few of them go in, but like four out of five are just like, imagine imagine the Harry Kane PK, but taken from, you know, <laughs> 10 yards outside the 18. Yeah. So just like, imagine how high it could possibly go. Like, they're so bad. Um there's so many great videos of him just being awful on the yeah. field. Yeah. And it's a shame. He was so good for that Leicester title team. He was so good. Mm-hmm. And I just I think the I think this I think it's just in his head at this point, unfortunately. The last critique of the of the England lineup, Jordan Pickford. So here's a guy who's six three and has a wingspan of five ten. Don't ask me how. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't reach that first shot. Nope. Nope. And uh, I think, honestly, the the thing that got into Pickford's head was that on both ends, as you looked at the broadcast on the top part, so behind the goal or to the north of the goal from the camera angle, there were England flags that had Newcastle logos on them. And I just think that that got into Pickford's head because he was expecting to see Newcastle fans in T-Rex costumes making fun of him. And so he mm-hmm. couldn't get the extra ah, inch to be able to reach that first yeah. shot. Too many shot was a great shot. I, I'll give him a ton of credit. That was a pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty good strike. He, he thumped uh, it. He did. He thumped it pretty good. Um, but I, I just, yeah. I mean, Pickford <clears throat> isn't good enough, and he also decides to scream at his defenders after the ball goes out every time. <laughs> it's like yeah, I, don't know, me, I don't even know what he's saying. Me. Yeah, he'll make like a decent save and then get up and just scream like they just got scored on seven zero or something. Like yeah. he's he's just always furious and he might he might yeah, be saying hun- yeah I, yeah I'm coming over to your mom's for dinner tomorrow ah but we have no idea he just always looks like he's angry and he's screaming at somebody so, yeah yeah I also there was a point later in the game go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I also just, if anybody in Doha is looking for hair gel, uh, you're not going to find it. Because that's the other thing that was pretty apparent, is Pickford's hair 
it used up the rest of the gel that was in Doha. So if you're at a supermarket yeah. in Doha right now looking for hair gel, I'm sorry. You're not going to find it. Yeah. There's a point there's a point later in the game after the after that first goal that I saw Pickford make a save and he was like fully extended and they show a different camera angle and fully extended his hand is still like kind of blocking his face. Like if if his hands hadn't been there the ball would have just hit him in the face. Like his full stretch. It reminds me if if you've run into people with like bad shoulder injuries and you're like <laughs> you're like how bad is it? and and they're like well I can only lift it this high and it like doesn't get that's what I think of when I see what, Pickford like what's stretching your, to What you're saying <laughs> about Pickford is that he is he's the John McCain of goalkeepers. RIP. That's 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 not no. Why would you? <laughs> uh, he's terrible. I hate him. Not John McCain. He's a he's a great American hero. God rest his soul. <laughs> but Jordan Pickford's a well, you know, him and Henderson, Sunderland products. So they can't they can't help it. It's not their fault. All right. That's fair. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this France team. So the defending today was abysmal. And I oh, yeah. I cannot for the life of me understand why Pavard was not in this game. I, I, maybe I've missed this, but it, it appears to me that – but I know France played Kunde at right back today. It wasn't a back three. They played Kunde at right back. And it looks like they've played Kunde at right back for this tournament. Who he's a center back. I'm trying to verify this. They did it against Poland. Uh let's see what other games they did this silly thing in. No, they don't. They don't have him in for obviously in that Tunisia game. But I don't understand why they did this. And so if you look at at what their lineup is called, they called a three four two one. So Kunde is supposed to be slotting in as as a third center back, but he was firmly a right back. And so I think what that did is that put everything on Dembele to make something mm-hmm. and. It's just hard. I mean, he's not ultimately he's not uh, he's not Mbappe, and so I just I don't like this. I didn't like this lineup, and I I really I mean Pavard is an exceptional right back. So why would you not have a really solid fullback in there? Uh, at the very worst, take Hernandez off the field and make the back three Kunde, Veron, and and Upamecano, and just get get Hernandez out of there. Um, but anyway, I just thought that was kind of silly because Dembele felt like he was on, a, on an island a little bit because a lot of the play sort of routed toward, towards the right side of the field, uh, or I guess the French left, and um, went tried to go through Mbappe. One of the things that was interesting is is we've seen, so we talked a little bit early on about sort of this depleted French midfield and how they would cope with that. Well, Adrian Rabiot has been really great this tournament. And he was not really mm-hmm. great today. Mm-hmm. He was not really great today. And I think that was a huge difference maker for England is that Chiumeni and Rabio, first of all, they were overloaded because they were going against Bellingham, Rice, and Henderson in the midfield. And they just didn't play quite as well in today's game. So, um, 
Yeah, but the, the the defending on the flanks for France was bad. And Hernandez, that second penalty was so stupid. It was so stupid. Oh, yeah. And the yeah, fact that just... after the game, who was it that was interviewed? Somebody was interviewed. I think it was actually Rabio, who's a little... I, I want to be gentle here because he's evidently in contract talks with Newcastle. So I'll, <laughs> I'll be a little bit gentle. I think he's a bit of a turd. I've never really liked him. Um, I'm hoping it's a little bit of like a John Joe Shelby situation where he becomes like, he's our turd though. And yeah, it uh, could be just his Frenchness. It could just be his Frenchness. But he said after the game that Harry Kane missing that penalty was justice because it shouldn't have been a penalty in the first place. It's like, dude. Unbelievable. I don't know if they show the replays in the stadium, but. You should shut your face because, or at least you need to come out tomorrow and make an apology after you see the yeah. replay. So anyway, it was just so obviously a, a penalty. Yeah, all England's best chances were like French self-inflicted defensive mistakes. Um, that's gonna that's gonna haunt them if they keep that up. Um, Thankfully, they've got Giroud at the other end. Um, oh, what a magical right. man. Playing through that injury. I mean, he's hyperextended his knee there and got back up and kept playing. And that header that he put in was just gorgeous. I mean, he was his movement was great. You could tell mm-hmm. that he was kind of – he was just lifting people up with him. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought I thought Griezmann – Griezmann's had a great tournament. I thought he was fantastic he today. Has. I thought he was fantastic today. He was probably the best uh, offensive French player today, maybe the best French player period besides Giroud. And uh, he's just he's been so good. So uh, I'm I'm excited to continue to see them. But let's talk about these semifinal games. So we'll start. We're on France right now. So let's start with France Morocco because we saw Morocco play today as well against Portugal. And mm-hmm. it, you know we the first thing that we need to f- to kind of get out there is I think the reactions of everybody, including us has been, Holy crap. Spain beat somebody seven zero. They're going all the way. <laughs> they mm-hmm. didn't. Right. Uh, oh my goodness. Portugal in the round of 16 just absolutely dominated the Swiss. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. France was perfect in their group and able to sub out all 11 players. England beat Iran six, two, and there's been these incredible overreactions to big results that have made us mm-hmm. feel like in the next round we're going to see just the decimation of another team, and that has yeah. not been the case. And so what do we do with this? We have a French team that went through but weren't the better team today. And mm-hmm. we have a Moroccan team who played their hearts out and went through and weren't the better team today. So yeah, this is a tough tough matchup for both of these teams but for different reasons so i'd I'd like to hear kind of what you think about uh france morocco and and maybe what you see as a as a prediction and kind of who the important players are going to be in it yeah i i i mean there this is not super scientific but you know this whole tournament i've this this whole tournament, I've questioned whether France is going to be able to repeat and, you know, 
from the beginning, we've talked about how they're missing Pogba and missing Conte and missing Benzema and uh, just top, top players um, not available for them. And um, and they've risen to the occasion, the, the players they have, and uh, I don't think I can <laughs> – I don't think I can – question them um another game i think i'm i think i'm putting france and i do think it's going to take mbappe getting back to uh how he's playing earlier in the tournament not not like today but um him having a strong game um but i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna trust france because they've they've gotten results with uh with the player they've had players they've had so far what are your thoughts man okay so, I agree with you because France on paper is the better team. They just are. Now, there is a huge wrinkle. So, France was not the better team today because Mbappe was completely neutralized. And I don't know that they know how to play through anybody but him. And so, that's something that is is potentially a sticking point Didier Deschamps, who's the French coach, is not really going to change his style of play right now. They've been so successful. He's been the coach for 10 years, I think, now. He's just he's not going to change it, right? The way that this France team flows is through Mbappe. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Griezmann, though, and Griezmann's playing excellently. So I do think it's not not 100% that way. You are right. But the wrinkle here is if you, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you can, the way that England did today, neutralize Mbappe, which mm-hmm. allow, I mean, they, they put Kyle Walker on him, who's probably the best, one of the best fullbacks in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Very pacey, very strong, can, you know, can muscle up and defend pretty much anybody except Alan St. Maximin, I will say. He got absolutely torched earlier this, this season by him, but but played really, really well against Mbappe today. And they, you know, they did cheat some some help over just to make sure that Mbappe was sort of taken out from a passing perspective. Declan Rice did a really good job of sort of shutting down passing lanes towards him. But um, if you can neutralize Mbappe, you have a chance to beat this French team. And so here's the wrinkle. I think the best player for Morocco this tournament has probably been Hakimi, who is Morocco's right back. And the further wrinkle to that is that Hakimi starts in the same PSG team as Kylian Mbappe and plays him in practice every single day. So if there's anybody in the world that's not named Kyle Walker that can effectively take Mbappe out of a game, it is Hakimi. So Yeah, and Morocco's been tactically strong this tournament. So I would expect the same in the semifinals. So you're definitely right about all that. They're not gonna. They're not gonna mess around. I mean, so Shofian, you corrected me on that last time. Uh, Amrabat has been exceptional. He can take Griezmann out of the game. So if you take those two players out of the game, and you can allow some some freedom for Ziyech to get forward and and really kind of push, it is worth noting that there was a red card for a Moroccan player today. Uh, he was a substitute and therefore not terribly important to them. He was an attacking player, though. So that could come back to haunt them a little bit. 
But uh, and Nezri was the guy that scored the goal. Buffal, both those guys are available. They were subbed off, so hopefully they have a little bit of rest and. Uh, they didn't have to go 120 minutes. That's the interesting thing about both these semifinals. The teams that are playing each other uh, on one side of the bracket both had to play 120 minutes and go to penalties. Teams on the other side of the bracket both only played 90 minutes, didn't have to go to penalties. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think Morocco, I, I'm I'm done betting against them and I'm done betting against Croatia. And so... I'm not quite where I will bet on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think maybe that's the the hard part, but mm-hmm. I really, I, I don't think that Morocco should be looked past. I think that Portugal had a better, I'll say this, I think Portugal had a better opportunity to beat Morocco than France does. Just mm. the way that these teams line up and how they play and who their personnel are on the field. Yeah. So yeah. Morocco's got a chance. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, all four teams for sure have a chance. So it's getting pretty tough, which um, we're, we're, we haven't been accurate when it's been like <laughs> um, who, <laughs> early group stages, matchups and stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, I guess if I have to put scores to it, I would say 2-1 to France. But you're right, it's, it is tough. I think I'm going to put this one going to extra time and penalties. That's that's where I think All it's right. going to go. I mean, it, it, there was one little thing that has me slightly worried, and there hasn't been any news that I've seen yet on it, is that Ziyech did go off injured hmm. in the game today against Portugal. I don't know if it was just a – I don't know if it was cramping or what the deal was. They just wanted to protect that. But um, if he doesn't start, I think – that France demolished them. <clears throat> but if he is on the field and he plays the way he's been playing as well as uh, as well as Hakimi matching up against Mbappe, and Hakimi is going to know every move, everything that Mbappe likes to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's... I, mean, he, it it, I don't think I can say this enough. He plays against this guy every day of the year. So... If there's anybody in the world that understands Mbappe's tendencies and can take him out of a game, it's going to be Hakimi. So I think this goes to penalties. I think in penalties, the moment is too big for France, and Morocco wins on penalties. Wow. All right. But but here's what I think is actually going to happen, because this is what I have to (laughs) predict, because... What, what I just said is what I want to have happen. What I think is actually going to happen is that France is going to win 3-0 and go through very comfortably. Wow. Wink, wink. All over the place. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Argentina-Croatia. What do you think here? So that France-Morocco game, that France-Morocco game is next Wednesday, and then this Argentina-Croatia game is Tuesday. Yep. Man, like you said, betting against certain... <laughs> teams you can't do anymore like i i've seen messi um fail to achieve uh at the international level with argentina a lot um obviously 2020 was different he finally won uh copa america but this tournament messi's been messi's been great messi's been the messi we know and love um that said croatia 
um, the team I meant to say my dark horse was, right? I just got confused with the <laughs> Balkan yeah. countries when I said yeah. Serbia. That's yeah. right. Right, everybody? Right? Yes. Um, Croatia's been phenomenal, too. Um, uh, Morocco was my dark, dark horse. That's on record. Yeah. Morocco is the uh, the Netherlands it's, of Africa is what they yeah. call it, right? <laughs> well, Morocco is spelled N-E-T-H-E-R. <laughs> um, good grief. I'm going to say this one goes to penalties and Croatia wins on penalties. Well, you all you have to do is say this one goes to penalties. You don't have to specify that Croatia wins at that point. Um. Someone has to win it after penalties. Well, but obviously Croatia wins if it goes to They're, penalties. Uh, you you got to say it. You have to. All right. Um, I think two two is going to be the you know the score after extra time, and then Croatia wins in penalties. But man, that'll be a good game. I think that'll probably be the better of the two games: Argentina Croatia. I don't know. I think they're both going to be really, really good games. I think it's going to be so mm-hmm. fun to watch how Morocco sits back, absorbs pressure, and then tries to break. I think it's going to be really it's, – it's going to have to be a technical masterclass. Uh, for the casual fan, I do think the Argentina-Croatia game is going to be a better game. But um, for somebody who really enjoys dig, it's like, it's like if, if you like NFL games that end 9 to 10, then go watch France-Morocco. But if you want to watch one that ends 45 to 38, then go watch Argentina-Croatia because there's going to be just more expansive play, I think, in that game. Um, I like... <laughs> you can't, I mean, you just can't bet against Croatia. I... You're right. You, you I just didn't. can't. Yeah, you didn't. I know. Um, so so my you heart have to of... bet against Messi. Yeah, so in my heart of hearts... I feel, I actually feel like Croatia is going to win this in 90. They're going to win it in regulation. Mm-hmm. But the practical side of me says that for whatever reason, Messi is going to score a couple of goals in this game, and it's going to end 2-1, to one, Argentina. So my mind tells me, that the final is going to be Argentina-France. But my heart tells me that it's going to be Morocco Morocco and Croatia. And if it is Morocco and Croatia, Josh, boy, will that be magical. How fun would that be? Man, Argentina-France would be a a fantastic final, too. I mean, you're going to watch them. I mean, Croatia-France. A repeat of the last World Cup. Another fantastic matchup. Morocco Argentina mm-hmm. another great one to watch. But man, I feel like you either want the heavyweights or you want the underdogs in that final. And my heart wants both underdogs, but my mind says it's going to be both the heavyweights. Yeah. Well, hopefully we get tight games like we've had in this quarterfinal where um the difference was one goal or it went to penalties. We didn't have any games like I I kind of predicted that certain games were going to 
have some early goals and then it just kind of runs away and it's over. We had none of that. They were all great games to the end. Um, hopefully we see more of that in the semifinals where it's a fight the entire time, not one where, you know, it looks like there's some giving up and despair in like <laughs> minute 70 or whatever, just because it's going one team's way and, and, and the other team's not going to be able to catch them. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for more than anything is great games. So I, I just, if you have to give me a who wants it more in the Argentina-Croatia game, who wants it more and why? I think that... I think... That's, like, weird. I feel like... Maybe it's, like, Argentine and Argent, Argentines are more passionate people than Croatians. Like... Um, I look at Modric and he's like steady. <laughs> I don't see him. Uh, I don't see him quite as fired up as some of the other players or whatever. And just, um, I mean, like, what an incredibly special moment. So, those of you that don't know, Luka Modric, who we've gushed about on this podcast already, uh, is a central midfielder for Real Madrid. And one of the first things that he did after this game was go over and hug Rodrigo. And talk to him for a good couple of minutes. Rodrigo mm-hmm. was the the Brazilian that missed the first penalty, and is a winger for Real Madrid as well. So these guys are club teammates. And before Luca did anything else with his team, he goes over and basically says, "You have a lot of opportunities, kid. I can just imagine you have a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. in this. This game isn't on you. You know you're an exceptional talent. I, I can just imagine the things that he's saying to him." But the fact that that was the first thing he did, to your point, he's steady and he just, man, he's like a he's like a dad out there on the field, like he's mm-hmm. shepherding all these young guys through, uh, through sort of these these gambits, which is really fun to watch. Yeah, so it's probably not fair for me to say that, that means he doesn't want it as much because it's like a personality, and that's he, he's he's who I think of when I think of Croatia. Um, I mean, yeah, it's tough. They were in the final four years ago, so they have to, they have to have a desire to get back there and, and win it. Argentina's got a long history, long history as a country with the sport and especially international and finally won Copa America in 2020 and to, to take, get a world cup with, you know, mostly the same guys two years later would be phenomenal. So, I mean, I don't know. How do you measure that? I, don't, I can't say who's, who wants it more. Yeah, it is a uh, – it's, it's a weird question. I can admit that. Um, I, I just – I think Croatia wants it more. I think they want it more. You know, I think that uh, there's so much that's been made of let's win this for Messi. And you can see it in their eyes, right? I mean, these players – when they score goals, they all go run to Messi and say, oh, we did it for you. We did it for you. Mm-hmm. But He's also involved in all of them. But. <laughs> yes, he is involved in all of them, sure. Uh, but it's almost like the same thing that you see on the Portuguese team with Ronaldo. Like they all just go and run to him. Mm-hmm. It's different with this Croatia team. I mean, Modric is obviously the leader of this team. But 
each of these guys are playing their hearts out. I just I think collectively that they want it more. I think that that's mm-hmm. going to show up in a in a big way. It showed up against Brazil. They I felt like they wanted it more. They wanted it. the only person on the Brazilian team that wanted it more was was Neymar. And I I think that that shows up in that game. In France Morocco, I just I wonder if a the pressure and b the I mean Mbappe you have to understand they won this World Cup four years ago against that Croatian team and Mbappe was 19 years old he was a kid and he was just having fun mm-hmm. he now every single time he is talked to by anybody in the media or anywhere outside of the actual inner circle of the team they're saying are you going to be able to carry this team to another world cup at some point that starts to grate on you and i think we saw it a little bit against england and i just i wonder if the hunger and the desire to repeat is the same as the hunger and desire as a muslim nation who's the first to ever represent africa in a semi-final and potentially a final is going to be at the same level in a Muslim-hosted World Cup, the first one. Mm-hmm. So the support's going to be all Moroccan. It's going to be loud as all get out. And I think it could carry them. It'd be fun to watch. Yeah, and Mbappe is going to have that upcoming transfer to Liverpool in his mind. So he's not going. Yeah, to. there's he's lots going on up there. No, you're going to you're going to get Bellingham. excuse me. You're gonna get that, uh, which is big. And no, I'm getting them both. No. Both, Although I did please. see that I did see that Luis Diaz was injured, so that stinks. Oh, All right. Bad, yeah. I think he's surgery. Yeah. Well, cool. that's gonna play us out. We appreciate your time tonight. Thank you for letting us into your ears, and uh, we will see you after the semifinals to debrief those. Watch these games. They're going to be good. If you have to pick one, my pick is France-Morocco. Josh's pick is Argentina-Croatia. So go watch these games. They're so going to be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so watch them both. Get out there and watch Tuesday both. and Wednesday, both at 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern. So pretty manageable times, which is great. So, All right, y'all. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate your time. Again, this is your host, Owen. And I mm. am alongside... Josh. It's my favorite part of the show, beginning and end. Signing off for the night. Good night. Take care.